outside for a while when you hear against the earth And you hear your sister sleep talking So your hair is long but not long enough to reach Hey everybody, so it's been a couple weeks since my last podcast I don't really have any good excuse for that other than sheer and utter laziness um, So I'm not even going to attempt at an excuse uh, but I did come across um, a funny story that happened to me last weekend, and I wanted to put it in the podcast last weekend, but I had gone to Tahoe on Sunday and was just epically tired Monday night, so fell asleep at 8.30 on the couch uh, and didn't make the podcast. Um, but I was hanging out on Friday night with, uh, this is two Friday nights ago, uh, with my friends Evan, and then we had a friend from out of town come in. Uh, he's We met him in Tennessee. Um, I honestly don't know where he's from. Anyway, his name's Jonathan, uh, and we both, Evan and I both worked with him at the Apple Store uh, in Knoxville. And he's now in seminary, I think his final year of seminary at Baylor in Texas, and uh he's a super funny guy um and i was telling him we were we were out getting tacos at a taqueria in the mission cuz we had kind of wanted to do like a you know classic san francisco experience type deal so we were getting some legit mission mexican food and uh we had planned to meet up with some of my friends later and they coincidentally had gone to this show in the mission uh it's called uh, hump with an exclamation point at the end uh film festival and it's basically this dirty film festival that's put on by dan savage of uh savage love the podcast if you listen to it uh and it's like 20 short amateur porn films uh and so they're all by like people from the pacific northwest and the, they're i think on the funny side and as opposed to like serious porn um but you like pay tickets and go and see it in a theater with a bunch of other people and then um they've been like um as far as i know i didn't go but i think they've been um like judged and so there's like a top five situation um but anyway our friends were there and so we were going to meet up with them after the show got over and we're eating tacos actually burritos uh at la taqueria and I'm telling him that they're at this porn festival, and I'm like, yeah, they're, you know, they're at this porn festival, and it should be out soon, I hope that they're, you know, ready to go out and hang out, and he's like, oh man, that sounds really cool, I'd totally be interested in that, and we're like, oh, okay, he's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome, uh, and, and he, then he goes, I love the Bourne films, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, no, no, not... A Bourne festival, like Jason Bourne, the Bourne trilogy, uh, but porn. And he's like, oh, well, I'm less interested in that. Uh, and so we ended up, that ended up being like a pretty awesome running joke for the rest of the night was um, replacing porn with Bourne or vice versa and seeing where that led. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Um, I wish that I had I had gotten an audio snippet of us uh talking about it because we were having a good time but i thought that was clever so uh one of the places that i really have always wanted to go in california and i haven't gotten a chance to go i don't think whitney's ever been um but i know it would be like at the top of her list um 
that I wanted to talk about this week is uh, Sea Ranch, California. So it's uh, a little community, like an unincorporated community that's in Sonoma County, uh, probably two hours north of of where we live in Oakland. Uh, it's a really popular vacation spot. It's right on the coastline, um, and it's it's sort of like really dramatic scenery. Uh, and Sea Ranch is known for being this like adorable little community of like very architecturally forward modernistic houses that sort of like really adapt and blend in with the landscape around them um and so the history of sea ranch is uh it was first um settled by the pomos indian tribe uh they like whatever gathered kelp and shellfish from the beaches and then back in the mid 1800s when uh this area was being settled uh this guy named Walter Frick bought the land uh and he created a ranch on it uh on the land called the Del Mar Ranch uh and he leased it out to raise sheep um and so the Olsons uh raised sheep on that land for a really long time um and then uh this architect uh, named Al Boki, uh, he was looking, he worked for this company called Castle and Cook, and they were looking to build this community that would like really blend in with the area's natural beauty. And so in the mid-1960s, early 1960s, um, he basically went on this scouting mission uh, in like an old Cessna plane looking for uh, an interesting landscape that that he could use to sort of build this community that he had envisioned. Uh, and as soon as he saw the area that is now, um, sea ranch back then it was the Del Mar ranch. Uh, he immediately was like, okay, this is the place. This is where I want to, want to build this, uh, community. And so he got together with a bunch of his buddies. I think he went to Princeton with them. Um, let's see, where did he go with them? Yeah, he was, like, friends with all these guys from Princeton, and they had all moved out here and kind of become architects on their own, uh, and some of them are pretty famous now in California, um, but basically he got a big crew together, uh, so it's Boki, he's, he was the main guy, and then architects Charles Moore, Joseph Eshrick, William Turnbull Jr., Donlin Linden, and Richard Whitaker, um, and then he had a pretty famous landscape architect named Lawrence Halperin, uh, and so Halperin created, like, the master plan for Sea Ranch, uh, which was about 10 miles of coastline, uh, and they basically wanted to um, design these houses that was like, they wanted to be like really distinctive architecture um, made of simple timber frame structures that um, sort of blended in with the topology of the land, uh, and so they had some really strict um, sort of design guidelines that they um, went by for the buildings. And some of those guidelines included um, sort of this idea that the buildings become part of the landscape, not subordinate to it, but also not dominant. Uh, and so there would be details such as uh, exteriors had to be unpainted wood or muted stains. Uh, they had to, there was a lack of overhanging eaves and baffles on exterior lighting. Um, in order to subdue the appearance of the buildings within the landscape. So the lighting was always baffled to minimize nighttime pollution. Uh, there's also no street lights in all of Sea Ranch. Uh, and so the night sky is like really crazy, um, beautiful. And then there, they didn't really want roof overhangs because those are, uh, sort of intended 
the lack of roof overhangs is intended to allow the near constant strong breezes from the ocean to pass over the buildings without creating any turbulence. Um, and they also, this is pretty cool, um, they uh, don't, they prohibit perimeter fences and limit the non-indigenous plants to screened courtyards. So you can't plant anything that wouldn't normally grow in that area uh, outside of your screened-in separated courtyard. And then um, there's a herd of sheep that grazes the whole area uh, unfenced to keep the grass cut low uh, and reduce the threat of fire during the summer, which I thought was pretty cool. And this style of architecture is known as the Third Bay Tradition, and that's an architectural style from the period of 1945 through the early 80s. Uh, it was rooted in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, and its best-known example is Sea Ranch. Um, and it's basically this hybrid of modern and vernacular styles uh, characterized by turning the horizontal form of the California ranch house, the kind of like single level wide ranch house, into a vernacular form that resembled a farm building. Uh, and so it kind of had, this describes it as playful, woodsy, and informal characteristics, uh, environmentally attentive, though more abstract. Um, and cubist and dramatic natural light are sort of the ideas of this third bay tradition. Uh, and it was, um, they have a repository of plans for the tradition housed at the environmental design archives at UC Berkeley, which is pretty cool. And a lot of the architects that, uh, worked on Sea Ranch, they actually are like, they either built houses for themselves and lived at Sea Ranch, uh, or they're somehow other tied to the Bay Area, so a lot of them taught or were somehow affiliated with UC Berkeley and the, um, the College of uh, Architecture and Design there. Um, the, the main guy, Al Boki, had gone to school with all these other architects, and so he kind of got them together once he, he got the plan for Sea Ranch together. Uh, the company that he worked for bought the land that is now Sea Ranch for $2.3 million, uh, which is less than $500 an acre. Uh, now that's some of the most expensive and sought-after land in probably at least all of California and probably the U.S. as well. I'm sure the like value per acre um, now is definitely some of the most um, most expensive land in the country. And so he hired all the other guys, and he also hired uh, Lawrence Halperin. And Lawrence Halperin is pretty famous, especially in the Bay Area and California. He's done a ton of uh, stuff around here. So uh, he did um, the master landscaping for the 1962 World's Fair in Seattle. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, he did a plaza at UC Berkeley. He designed Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco, which is really cool. Uh, and that was sort of an early model for adaptive reuse of historic buildings. Um, he, of course, did Sea Ranch. Um, he was a master planner for the Bay Area Rapid Transit System, or the BART system, which we take all the time around here. It's our local uh, public transportation. Um, he did uh, the UN Plaza in San Francisco, which is usually like a homeless encampment, although right now uh, they cleaned it all up and there weren't any homeless people in it. It was the Super Bowl 50 like main stage for a lot of the acts and... Um, uh, whatever, like, festivities that happened for Super Bowl 50 happened at the uh, United Nations Plaza, which is pretty cool. I was hoping to go down there just to see it because I never really go to it because it's super sketchy normally. 
Um, he also did, uh, the Stern Grove Amphitheater in San Francisco, and that's, like, James Taylor does that free concert every year there, and it's supposed to be gorgeous. I should do a podcast about it, because we've also never been there, and we should go. Uh, he also did Levi Plaza in San Francisco, uh, and a bunch of other really cool stuff, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, so definitely a person of interest. And then, um... One, let's see, who was the other guy that was, uh, oh, William Turnbull, uh, he was pretty cool, um, he did something else, um, oh, his great-grandfather was, uh, George Post, who designed the New York Stock Exchange building, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, um, and he also did, um, a lot of work in Big Sur, uh, the Big Sur area for revitalization and, like, public, um, public facilities that are in Big Sur. Um, so yeah, he was kind of this iconic, um, Bay Area, um, contributor. Uh, he helped build the University of California, Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz, uh, and then some buildings at UC Berkeley. Um, so yeah, the whole, the guys were, um, they were uh, major sort of um, contributors to the Bay Area, and they a lot of them, like I said, they designed and owned homes at Sea Ranch, and uh, some of them lived there the rest of their lives. Others, you know, the vacation homes are still in their families. Um, I know for a lot of Sea Ranch, I think more than 50% of the homes that are at Sea Ranch are rentals. They're, they're secondary properties, so they're not um, primary residences. And so um, there's a huge rental um, uh, rental property thing going on there. It's a big, um, not really like a tourist destination, but a, a definitely a, a big destination to go to like rent a house um, with your family or friends. And it's supposed to be gorgeous. We need to get up there for sure. Um, it's really tied into architecture, and it's also beautiful and this kind of like great... Uh, I don't know, like, my idea of what I think sets California apart from a lot of the other places in the U.S. is this sort of, like, um, I don't know, this desire and passion to, like, fit the fit the architecture and the people into the the landscape um, and not fit the landscape into the needs of the people. Um, you know, that really sort of rings true for me uh, as a person who loves the outdoors. So, I don't know. We should go there. Um, that's really all I've got for this week. Uh, I'm going, I'm coming to see you. Uh, I leave on Thursday night, so in just a couple nights, and, uh, I'll be there through Tuesday, so it's President's Day weekend, and so we get a three, long three-day weekend. Uh, it's coincidentally also Valentine's Day. Um, so yeah, that should be fun. So I'll see you in a couple days. And for everybody else, uh, look forward to another show next week, hopefully. Uh, alright, hope you all have a good week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. She